Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, this week uh, we did have Andrew Jones on the podcast, and we're about to get to that, but we just wanted to do a little something different to start this podcast off and say thank you to New Zealand, our Less than one percent of listeners in New Zealand. <laughs> George already Sorry. failed. So we. So. <laughs> All of our listeners in the United States. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Macau. But, but we want to thank uh, that whoever you are, whoever's listened in these countries. Uh, reach out to us. We just want to know who's listening. But we see that Canada, Ireland, United Kingdoms, Australia, Germany, New Zealand. Um, I think you said that one. Venezuela, Mexico, Sweden, Guatemala, Nibia, Zambia, India, Japan, Singapore, South America, Argentina, Estonia, it- Italy, Aruba, Puerto Rico, and Trinidad and Tobago. We are worldwide. <laughs> That's crazy if you really think about it. It's great. And I'm I'm glad that you guys are listening and I hope you guys really enjoy the show. Yeah, and like us, share us, and let us know what you think. Um you can go to the FQ fan page, let us know on there on Facebook. And uh, we have a F cubed email that we'll start putting on there, and we have FCube TV. Yeah, FCube.tv. Um it's it's kind of rough, but you can go and see our hats on there. And so we just want to say we love you guys and appreciate all you guys listening and everything you're doing for us. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's podcast. It's me and George. Hello. And it is April 21st, 2021. And we have an awesome special guest who's wearing a Cobra Kai shirt, which you cannot see, but I like it. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. (laughs) Strike first, strike card, no mercy. <laughs> I love Cobra Kai. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, it. It's an honor. It's a privilege. So I love any chance I get to talk about um, my background, the gospel, what Jesus has done in my life. Um, so my name is Andrew Jones. I'm a Marine Corps combat veteran. I served from 1999 to 2006 and went over to Iraq in 2003 for that initial push, um, shock and awe campaign up into Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And when I came so, you know, went through the, the darkness of PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, suicidal behavior, drugs, alcohol, fights, in and out of jail, divorce, all that good stuff. Um, and after about, man, about 10 years of that, um, finally came to a place where I allowed Jesus into my life and he changed it all around and everything's been great since. So, um, you know, obviously there's the struggles that go along with it, but, you know, he set me on a path to share my story, um, to let other veterans and and, and military members know, you know, that there's hope that we can overcome these things and that PTSD doesn't have to define your life. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So it's been, it's been a great journey. That's awesome. What brought you, what brought you to that point? Like you went through a lot le- like that, that was just a real quick snapshot, you know, um, let's get some details. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> so where were you at that? Like you just hit that point where you, at some point you had to hit your knees. Yeah. 
So for me, it was so in 2013, it was um, January 2013, I went to this veterans program in Payson, Arizona. So it's up in the mountains. And I was seeing a counselor for about a year. Um, and and he, it got to a point where he was like, you know, um, I'm not really sure what else to do. But hey, there's this program that I heard about. Why don't you go up there and check it out? It's like a weekend retreat kind of thing. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm down for whatever. And went up there. And on the way up to driving up to this this retreat up there in Payson, um, I'm going up, in, you know, in the windy roads of the mountains and everything. And I started picking spots. And, and I started saying, this would be a good spot to drive off of. This would be a good spot to drive off of. And I purposed it in my heart that if nothing changed after that weekend, I was going to come back and pick one of those spots and drive my car off of it. And that Saturday, I went through a pretty intense counseling session with the, um, the person who, who runs the program. And I went back to my room. I grabbed my keys. And I said, that's it. I'm done. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm out. And I was going to walk out of my room, get in my car, go find one of those spots and drive off the cliff. And as I was walking, going to walk out of the room, the voice came over me and said, if you're going to do this, then exhaust every option that you've ever been given first. And I knew in that moment what it was talking about, because leading up to that, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, had been praying for me. She had been trying to lead me to Christ. And I kept telling her no. No, he doesn't want nothing to do with me. Um, he forgot about me. You know, I just, I didn't want anything to do with him. And so that moment was that moment of, if you're going to drive off a cliff, then at least reach out. At least mm. have that sincere moment and see what happens. And so I did. I, in tears, I dropped down to my knees in that room and I called out to God. I had no idea what a, what a salvation prayer was. I had no idea what being saved was. I had no idea about any of that. I just knew in that moment that I wanted to call out to God. And I said, God, if you're real, if you're there, if you love me, if I'm where I'm supposed to be, then let me know. Show me. And that moment was the defining moment in my life. And, and you know, it's, it's, I love talking about it because it's, it's that moment where I was on my knees and hopeless and wanting to die. And Christ came in and wrapped his arms around me and lifted me to my feet. And I felt joy in my body, I felt love That's awesome. and I felt come over me. And he said, you are exactly where I need you to be. I love you and everything's going to be okay. And that's all he did right there. And I said, okay, you're real. That This is it. I couldn't deny it from that moment forward. I knew that that experience was real and yeah. I knew that this is my life now. So I love that you hit your knees. Just that something about the Lord's really been speaking to me lately, just about our posture of prayer. And where we are with that. And in that moment, like even like when you're running away from God, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and, and when he told you exhaust every option and, and you hit your knees and cried out to him in that surrender. Cause the word says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Amen. And yeah. And that's also how we become saved. You <laughs> yep. confess that he is Lord. So you do that right there. You're hitting your knees. God, if you're out there, if you're real, let me know. And he did in that moment. And, yeah. you know, and you said it's, you had joy come over you after that. And you also said something earlier that there's been struggles too. You know, it's not all sunshine and butterflies and, Rainbows and bacon and <laughs> Even unicorns. Even when you became a Christian, you're telling me that it just wasn't perfect? 
<laughs> That's sarcasm, people that can't tell. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. You know, and the difference in it, though, at that point is that, you know, there's victory. You know, God is with you. You know that, you know, that, that you're going to come out on top. Mm. And, and that's the difference in it. There's hope. You know, there, there's light. There, there is, is that love and joy and peace, you know, that, you know, that peace that Scripture talks about that surpasses all understanding when it can be chaotic around you and life isn't going the way you want it to, but in you is the peace of God. And you know that you know that He's with you and everything's going to be okay. And that was that, uh, uh, that, was that, that defining moment there where he, he not only said, I love you, but finished it and everything's going to be okay. And I just knew at that point, no matter what I go through from here on out, no matter what struggle, no matter what, what storm I go through, God said, it's going to be okay. And, and I've held on to that ever since. Now, did you return to that conference? Um, you know, I did. So it was a four, a four part um, program, right? So it was four weekends over a six month period. Okay. And, and I, you know, and, and so early on my, it was weird because my understanding, um, what was very limited in, in God and Jesus, Christianity, all of it. Yeah. And so initially I'd kind of um, given credit to the program for the change that started happening in, in my life. <laughs> and right. <laughs> and it, it took me a while to be, and, and the thing with this program too is, um, you know, it was very new agey. It was very, you know, um, waving crystals. <laughs> That's um, what I was going <laughs> to say too. I was like, where they're like, yeah. Hey man, this rock will heal your butt. and and because i went up there with the mentality of i'm willing to do whatever i have to do to just get better i was like okay like all right i'll 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 go through this um but once i completed that program and 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 i found a local church to get into me and my wife started pressing into it i was like you know no this is not the place that i need to be at um but I did separate from that and started leaning more into my church and getting involved in, in the word of God and not all of that stuff. So that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think, um, for you, what, how were you raised? Like, wait, did you have a mom and dad? Were you raised in a Christian family or did you, yeah, so, and, and did you, I guess to add to that, how did you end up in the Marines after you answer that? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to that too. Right on. All right. So go back to the beginning. Got it. Um, yeah, so I was not raised in a Christian home um, whatsoever. You know, it, it wasn't um, an atheist home. It was just a home that God wasn't in. You know, my yeah. family was in, you know. Um, so I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, you know, and, and I remember in, in elementary school, I think we watched the Ten Commandments, you know. And so yeah. um, and I would see things like that and be like, okay, what, like, what is this all about? And so I didn't have any understanding whatsoever on it. You know, my parents got divorced when I was four. There was a lot of chaos in the home. There was a lot of division, a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting. Um, you know, and, and I was always just the kind of kid that just stayed off, tried to stay out of it. And like, okay, if everybody's going to argue and yell and throw things and be violent, I'm just going to go sit in the corner and just try to stay away from it. Um, and I just always felt very hopeless and, and helpless in those moments growing up. And so you know, fast forward a little further um, into like middle school, beginning of high school, my mom started getting involved in a Catholic church. And so she told me, if you wear this cross around your neck and you have a Bible next to you when you go to sleep, then it'll, that Bible will protect you from demons. Um, you know, and this oh. cross will protect you from <laughs> demons, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Okay, sure. 
you know, and, and tried to, you know, hear what she had to say. Um, and that didn't stick, you know, about sophomore year in high school, I was like, okay, forget it. I, I don't need this. Um, and then, you know, fast forward again, joined the Marine Corps. And what led to that was just, I was looking for a challenge. I was looking for purpose. I was looking for, you know, just something to, um, that, that, that would, would, would push me, would challenge me and would drive me. And, and so I joined the Marine Corps and, you know, in high school and leading up to joining the Marine Corps, when I, I got to this place in my life where I realized I'm big now and I can fight. Yeah. And so I'm going to be that helpless kid in the corner anymore, you know? And so violence really started overtaking my life at that point. I would get into fights all the time. I would try to assert my dominance over people. And so joining the Marine Corps just seemed like the, the right path for me to go down. Yeah. And, you know, and when I went to Iraq, so I joined in 99, went to Iraq in 03. And there was this Marine that was um, attached to, to, to my unit who um, was very open about his Christianity. He'd always want to pray for everybody, always talking about God. And, um, you know, I, I would always just kind of blow him off. Yeah. And, you know, here in Iraq, he's like, let me pray for you. And I'm like, fine, go for it. I don't care. Um, you know, and then there was a time in Iraq where me and him both, our position got, got hit w with a couple of rockets. We got blown up. Um, and we ended up walking away from it after being knocked out for a little while, walked away from it without a scratch on us. Yeah. And that was one of the first little moments of like, maybe there's a guy, maybe he's there, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, but growing up though, there, there was no, there was no God in my house growing up at all. I didn't learn anything about him until I became an adult. Yeah, that, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. I, I, I gotta know, do you actually, are you still connected to that guy that was a Christian, uh, in the Marines with you or no? I am actually. Yeah. So his name is Roxley Pratt. And, um, we still, and, and the crazy thing is, is that over time he actually started, um, walking away from the faith and he started not, not believing and he started, you know, God, why is my life going go in this direction? And, and he started like backsliding a bit. And yeah. that, that was, and I was getting stronger in my faith. <laughs> um, we were able to connect and, and, and I was able to help bring him back up again. So it was one of those things where That's cool. you know, he starts going back and I'm coming up. I was able to help bring him back as well. So. That's awesome that you were able to yeah. be that for him in his life when he needed that. Um, yeah. I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll go. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, one of one of my buddies I told you about, uh, I I've just been talking to him like we talk pretty frequently, and I was like, man, I just I just feel called to do something, and I'm like, I was a police officer for five years, uh, and like I'm I feel like I'm being called to the military, and this is like some people, mom, stop it, don't get all worried, and so um, so I just was like. Um, and I mean, like, I'm still open to whatever God wants me to do, but he was talking about it and he goes, that's he, and he was just like, that's a, a warrior's heart. And he goes, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be in the military or you need to be in this or that he goes, but sometimes that's a calling to be a pastor or a calling to be a missionary or evangelist or something where you're, you might, if he goes, I'm not saying anything, he goes, I'm not God. So I'm not saying that, but like that I feel like if you're called to do that, that you, you really feel called to do it. And uh, he was just talking about like 
sometimes, it, and I feel like there's probably other Christians that feel this sometimes, like, hey, I need to do this, but make sure that you're you're hit, following the Holy Spirit <laughs> and yeah. and really doing that because um, there are people who you can probably testify to this that you probably shouldn't be in the military <laughs> and like, uh, what are you doing here, guy? That kind of thing. And then there's probably some where you're like, yeah, you need to be here. <laughs> um, right. And like, it's one of those things that if you're feeling even that, and I think we all all called here to be a pastor of some sort in some way. Mm-hmm. And me and George talk about that. And you can, and I'm, I, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong or right, but you probably feel that same unction that you did. Like, Hey, I, I need to, I, I need to battle. And it might just be not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities. And yeah, that, that could be your calling, but just really something I've been doing, just like you said, which hit home is, dropping to my knees and praying instead of just sitting here going, Oh God, I'm going to bed. I'm laying in my bed, uh, protect the house angels around it. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been more like thorough and like adding the Bible, like, Hey, Psalms 91 says this. And I'm reading Mm. that verse, like telling God, like, Hey, this is what your Bible says. And that's why I claim over my life, over my kid's life, over my family's life. And that, no fiery arrows will hit me and all this stuff. And like, I didn't know. So some context I, I knew is in the Bible. I was just praying that prayer. And then I found <laughs> obviously is Psalms 91. And we did a Bible study the other day and that came up and I was like, I knew it was in there somewhere. I just never looked it up. <laughs> and like, so even me and George don't know every Bible. So people listening, like, we always say we're still humans. We mess up. We're, we're, we're no better than the next person. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you said that too. And, you know, talking about the posture of prayer and stuff and anytime that, you know, I feel like I'm slacking off basically in my, my prayer life and really, you know, going, Lord, what's going on? And he's like, well, you just been leaving your armor laying around. You know, you're, you're not picking it up. You're not battling, you know, right. you, you need to, you need to battle. Yeah. And, and lately as I get older, I notice that I need to stretch a lot more. And my, <laughs> my, as I've been praying, I've also been, you know, stretching out and, and just like praying through each part, like, you know, just really stretching out, raising my hands up to the Lord and just praising him and, and like, that like just a a full the, surrender yeah really just really making your your body that he's designed for war even spiritual warfare being ready for that at any moment you know yeah it it just all kind of flows together when you're physically mentally spiritually prepared you know in season and out of season um, yeah you know like springtime's coming and I know that a lot of men feel this like after the winter and that springtime coming, like we need to do something. We need to, you know, winter's been long. We need to do something and we're designed to battle. You know, yeah. that that's, that's what I truly believe, whether yeah. it be spiritually or physically, we're designed to battle. And when we're not preparing to battle, we get anxious because we're not doing that battle. Yeah. And like something, I don't know if you, do you have kids? I, I forgot yeah. to ask you. 
So do you have yes, do you have boys or girls or um two boys, thirteen and fifteen. Oh, they're 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 older boys. <laughs> so they're right, good stuff, putting but... putting each other through the wall age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I as as we're all dads who've had sons and me and him have had daughters and like right. um so like I've had two older daughters and then we had our son and like something I've noticed and like I know I refer to this book a lot, guys. Stop it if you're getting mad when you're listening to this. But while that heart really, like, resonates with me, and I think that's why I've been listening to it. I don't know if you've ever heard that book before. I've heard of it, and it's, it's on my list of books to read for sure. I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, so, absolutely. You'll love it. John Eldridge, Wild at yeah. Heart. If anyone has a contact, we'd love to have him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that out there. Uh, but... Like I, I listen to the audiobook because I'm pretty lazy about reading, just to be real. And so um so I, I listen to it and a lot of it like I'll give you like some of the scenario of the first chapter. I won't tell you all of it because I'll ruin the whole book. But like a lot of it is he's just talking about like it's God given, it's built into you. You're you're a man and society wants to either and I, I know all of us have probably seen this, like, hey, you can't cry, you're a guy. Like <laughs> you can't be you can't be sensitive in a good way, but you need to be more sensitive than you should be. Or like, Hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be throwing that rock at that fence post. And you're like, but I, I want to, that's <laughs> <laughs> and like, or Hey, don't throw that rock in that lake. You're like, uh, that's like built in me. Like everybody wants to see somebody throw a huge boulder in the lake. Cause <laughs> is it going to blow a bunch of waves or what? But like, um, but I've seen it in my son, and I I think we've all seen it where you're like, because he's only a year and a half old, like, and he gets a squirt gun and he's like, and like playing in sand yeah. and like throwing it in his hair and all this stuff, and I'm like, the girls never did that, <laughs> like they played in mud pies, got dirty and stuff, whatnot, but it's a yeah. different kind of play where you're like, man, we really are born to be like to do things like as men and to, and like, that's kind of something I'm also like really getting into is like, what does it mean to be a man? And like, what does it mean to be a man of God and do the right things for your kids and for your wife, but also not losing what God's DNA that is put inside you that you're going to be a man and, you're going to want to do things and spend time with your kids that actually could be really fun, <laughs> like burning a bunch of brush and stuff like that. I don't yeah. Know. As long as you do it yep. safely. Yeah. Um, but that like you, so you were in Iraq in two, 2001, right? Three. So that 2003. Okay. So that was part of the shock and awe, right? Right. So in, 2001 when um 9-11 when the the buildings were attacked you were you were in in the military you were in the marines at that time right? right so i'm sure there was a lot going on there um when my oldest son he was three at the time and he saw those buildings go down and you're talking about that just that warrior spirit um my Wife turned on the TV. My my sister had called her, turned on the TV. I was at work and hearing it on the radio. And so she's got the TV on. She's watching 
my my son and some other kids in the house and he sees this and and he's going what happened mom what happened and she said some bad people attacked our country and he got really angry and just you know he's three years old and he goes i want to kill those people wow like he's three like i didn't like i you're like i don't say those words (laughs) we'd, we'd go to like you know Fourth of July parades and, you know, you know, stand up during the national anthem, you know, like if he, if he caught any of that on, you know, we did, you know, that kind of stuff, but never like those words didn't never came out of my mouth. It was just, he was at that age really angry and like wanted to (laughs) go to war, you know, it was like, you know, he wanted justice. And he's still very justice minded, um, but that's just when you look at Marines and and like people think they're the they're the untouchable, they're the most tough ones. Nothing right. can happen again, you know. Nothing can happen to them. They're they're strong minded. They're brave. They're courageous. They're the first ones to to go into any first kind of bad tour. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're the first boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dealing with yeah. major depression and wanting to drive off the road and, and kill yourself. Right. How, right. How, how many tours did you do, if you don't mind me asking? Just, Just the one. one. There in the beginning for one full tour there in the beginning of it. Was it like a six-month, nine-month, a year? So, yeah, we were there from – so we landed in Kuwait in February and then waited across the line of departure um, in the middle of March. And we came back home. Um, I'll say it was like August, September that we came back. Oh, okay. Okay. And so now you you become a Christian. You and your wife are, mm-hmm. or I'm assuming, was she your wife then or fiance at that time or girlfriend? And then you, when, when during you, which time? Uh, after you got saved, like during the that yeah. that moment where you dropped to your knees. Yeah, she was my girlfriend at that time. Uh, we've been dating for a couple of years. And um, she short, shortly after that became my fiance. But yeah, and, and you know the things you guys were talking about earlier, man. It's there was a lot of you're just speaking my language like crazy. You know the whole posture of prayer. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just talking. You know, just um, you know what 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 it is to be a man, and you know um, how how your child reacted to 9/11. Those are all such powerful things. You know, and. One of the things that I've talked to, um, I run a life group, um, a men's life group at my church. And one of the things that we were talking about recently was um, exactly that. What is it to be a man? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what is and And I remember, you know, when I was praying on it, you know, years ago, I was like, okay, God, like, am I a man yet? <laughs> you know, have I gotten there yet? <laughs> what, what does it mean? And because, you know, when I joined the Marine Corps, it was always this thing of like, okay, I'm a Marine, so I must be a man now. Right. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I've said, I'm a Marine. I'm a man. And then, you know, you go to war and it's like, okay, I went to war and I'm a Marine. I'm definitely a man now. Um, you know, and then it's like, no, not yet. And then, you know, I have a couple of, a couple of boys. I'm like, okay, I've been to war. I'm a Marine. I got, you know, I'm married. I got kids. Um, I have a family. I'm definitely a man. Um, but as time goes on, just everything's falling apart. Everything inside of me just isn't vibing. It's not clicking. My life isn't isn't going the way that, that I'm wanting it to. And there's an emptiness in me. And I'm like, something's missing. Yeah. And it was, it was that, and as I was going through all these different milestones in my life with God, I'm like, at which one of these points did I become a man? You know, Marine, combat vet, father, husband, 
And it's like, no, you know, and then he led me to that scripture where it says, you know, um, when I put, uh, I became a man when I put the childish things aside, when I set those childish things aside. Yeah. And so I really like, okay, what does that mean? And God really just took me down this path of, of what that meant and, and what a man is, is called to be, you know, according to his word. And it was just this this revelation from him of, you know, it's not what society says. It's not, you know, oh, you're a Marine, so the world thinks you're a man. You know, you've done some yeah. tough things to be a man. You fathered a child. You must know, like, what does God's word say? And that's what he always took me back to was, w- what's my standard of it? What do I say? You know, what have yeah. I called you to as a man? Or what does it mean to be a husband? You know, do you love your wife the way that Christ loved the church? You know, are you raising up your kids in the way that they should go? You know, are, are you being the father I've called you to be? Are you being the husband I've called you to be? Are you being the man I've called you to be? These are my standards that I've set for this. And so it was those those things that really helped me like, okay, this is what God says it is to be a man. Um, and and, and that, that's what I'm going to hold on to. You know, all the other things don't matter. It's what does God say about it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching some of your TikToks and I started following you today. So you got another follower. Um, <laughs> but I, I loved how you were, you have a lot of, of, from the, the men's series that you have, or the, the men's, uh, group that you have life group. Um, I love how you talk about friends and friends that you, that you want to have, you want to have those friends yeah. that are going to tell you, Hey man, don't, don't be treating your wife like that. Yeah. Hey man, you know, I know your kids might've been acting up a little bit, but how you handled that wasn't the best way. And, right. and how are they going to learn? Oh, the way you treated your wife in front of your kids, you know, do you want your, do you want your daughters to have a man treat them like that? You know, having friends that are willing to say that to, to you, have the hard and, like, conversation. Yeah. And just really be there to, to not just, they're, they're not there to tear you down, but to build you up and to, to yeah. call you on your crap basically. And, as men, we need that. We don't need buddies that in our corner that will just, hey, yeah, whatever, you know, you did that, whatever, right on, man, right on. You told her. We don't, need, you know, we do. <laughs> we do not need friends to do that. We need friends because, like I was, we were talking to, to a friend last week on our podcast and Saint reading and and Peter where it says, if you're not treating your wife right, God's not going to answer your prayers. And like, I, you know, I read that and I was like, man, that's, you know, that really hit me. And I was like, I don't, I know I've read it before. And then I I know I've read the scriptures, wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives. But that really stuck out. Like, hey, if you're not treating your wife right, God's not going to listen to you. (laughs) Right. You know, and I, I'm going to, I took a really, I was talking to my wife about that and I said that scripture and, and uh, I don't want to get big headed over this, but I took it as a little, little, little moment of a little win, you know? And she's like, that's why God answers your prayers. Cause you're good to me. I'm like, uh, Oh, write that down. Can I re-record this? <laughs> <laughs> because in a couple of days I might be an a-hole again. I don't know. <laughs> write that one down. <laughs> no for sure man that's so important and it's you know the way that how can i put it um 
the way the, the, the way that, that, that we are with our family is so important. The way that we raise our kids, the way that we are with our spouses and, and, and with our friends. That's what you were talking about. That was really getting to me. Um, like in, in a positive way. Now, one of the biggest one of the biggest red flags that I hear from people is when they say, um, you know, I was having a real tough time. I went to my buddy's house, you know, and he just accepts me as who I am. And, you know, he just listened to me and he just let me, you know, just let me, you know, vent on him. Um, you know, and, and I felt good after I left. And I'm like, so many red flags pop up in, in that kind of a statement. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want the friends in my life that are going to make me feel good. I don't want the ones who accept me as I am. You know, like you're saying, it's so important to have the ones in my life that are going to keep me accountable, that are going to, um, you know, help lift me up. And, and and not just to have them in my life, but I have to be willing to to be held accountable. I have to be willing to to hear that from them yeah. and yeah. say, oh, these are people who I place in my life for the purpose of keeping me accountable for for, you know, and, and being OK with that, you know, um, being discipled by my pastor. You know, if my pastor, um, you know, knows something's going on in my life or I come to him with something and say me and my wife got into an argument. This is what happened. And, and you know, I mean, so I'll just share this one time I came to him and I tried to do that thing where I'm like, you know, Chelsea's acting like this and like that. And of course, he's like, what are you doing? Like, yep. where are you? <laughs> so, what did you do? And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't want to talk about that. And <laughs> you're but, like, uh, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, you don't understand. She's acting da da da. And he's like, you. Let's talk about you. And by the time it was done, I'm like, you know, praise God for for having somebody in my life like that to hold me accountable. And, and that's who we need. We don't need friends to make us feel good. We need the right people in our life that are going to help us be that man that God has called us to be, that husband, that father, that brother that God has called us to be. Yeah. And I mean, some people might be like, oh, well, I just need to chill out my friend. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> like, we're saying, <laughs> right. like, you can hear them and then go, hey, man, what, like you said, what are you doing in this? Like, are you being a butthole back? Like, yeah. that's not going to make it good. <laughs> like, and so, like, obviously, we all know what gets our wives mad and stuff like that. And I, I think. I mean, I can say I'm guilty of it. Like, you instantly know that trigger where you're like, I'm annoyed, I'm pissed off. I'll say this one thing, this one whatever it is that will set her off, and then you're like, ha, and then you go, well, I feel like a jerk. Because <laughs> you get convicted from it, and you're like, I apologize. Like, that was really stupid of me <laughs> to say what I said. Even if it's not, like, hurtful or mean, you just know it sets them off. Like, if you're like, well, somebody didn't do the laundry. Right. So, <laughs> like, like, oh, God. <laughs> you might as well just pluck your own eyes out. I don't know. Like, and it's that, like, you you say it in, in, a, in a tone where you go, well, that wasn't, I didn't say it hurtful or mean, yeah. but the very words you said were hurtful and mean, and you knew <laughs> that you were doing that, you know? And it was like, ooh, but I, I didn't I didn't say it in a bad tone. <laughs> my tone was so great. Like my voice was uplifted and <laughs> so we're not we're not condoning that guys, just so you know. Uh, we're just saying <laughs> pro marriage tips. <laughs> yes, these are pro marriage tips to not do. <laughs> so I love it. So like you do you do a men's meetup, but I've seen you talking to other military guys how did you get into that like 
well, how did you get there? Right. So, um, you know, one of the, after that moment where, where I came to Christ and I called out to him, he said, everything's going to be okay. Um, having that Marine Corps mindset, my first thing was, okay, this is my life now. What's my mission? And, and I asked myself, I said, okay, what do you need me to do? And that's why I say shortly after she became my fiance, because number one, he said, Chelsea's your wife, marry her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? And, and after that, he said that he said to, to, to share my story and to let people know that there's hope and to let, let, let people know that, that, that God loves them and to share my story. And, and so I said, okay. And I didn't know what that was going to look like or how I was going to go about doing it. I just know God said, this is what I'm, this is the mission I'm setting you out on. And so as I started going forward, <clears throat> I started just, you know, keeping my, my eye open for opportunities of, you know, who can I share my story with, whether it's a person, a group, um, just anybody. And so initially, um, you know, I started just sharing my story with people. And, it, um, you know, this organization called the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, they, they're a national organization and they have a chapter here in Arizona. Um, they got word of it and they were like, hey, we have an event coming up. Would you mind sharing your story at our event? And I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, and, and there's hundreds of people at this event. So that was like the first time that I got in front of a large group of people. And just laid it all out. Here's my story, just raw. Yeah. And and it was powerful. You know, people came up to me afterward in tears, just sharing their story, thankful. Um, you know, I was like, okay, all right, praise God. And you know, so I just I kept looking for more opportunities with that. And I'm reaching out to veterans organizations, and I'm just trying to get my foot in the water, or my, uh, you know, just get, get my feet wet with um, the local veteran community, and just started sharing my story everywhere I could. And yeah. so now it's point um I'm, I'm i'm speaking all around up and down arizona to the to the army national guard and the army reserves as part of their um suicide prevention and substance abuse program what they'll do is when they have a unit that's high risk um they'll call me up and and we'll set up a time and i'll go out and, and i'll speak to those soldiers that, uh, within that unit and i'll just share my story and then that's all it is you know um i always let them know i'm not a psychologist i'm not a professional counselor um, I'm just a Marine who's been through some things and Jesus has worked in my life and I want to let people know. And, 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 I do. and I get in front of these soldiers and I just share my story. I relate with them uh, in the areas that I can relate with them as far as military service. And I let them know about Jesus, um, how he worked in my life and just share everything that I can with them. And it's been, it's been awesome. God has definitely blessed it. Um, and given me so many opportunities over the last, what is it now? Eight years to be able to speak to different military units, um, veterans organizations, churches. Um, I've even been called into corporations um, to share my story. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Right? I'm like, like, you guys are like a financial corporation. What does my story have to do with you? And they're like, <laughs> no, it really impact our people. And I'm like, cool, let's go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that that reminds me of, of uh, like, have you ever, um, there's like a comedian that talks about that and he goes, some a guy who's climbing Mount Everest comes into a financial meeting and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to tell you my story and how I climbed Mount Everest." And then he goes, "What's your Mount Everest?" And the guy goes, "Not getting sweaty between the parking lot and the building. Like my story doesn't sound <laughs> anything crazy like his story." <laughs> but but like people really do respond to that, and I that's kind of. Like our podcast just started off as a podcast and we started it when the pandemic ha happened, but all of a sudden God got a hold of us with TikTok, and I, me yeah. and George were like, 
I don't know. And then I, I told George, I was like, I got on TikTok and go, this is stupid. Like this, this is just schmutt and like scandally clan girls shaking their booties. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm out. I'm out. And yeah. then, um, God was like, no, go back and check it. There's, there's a different route. And so, okay. And so then I found like live for Christ. Who's Chris Ulrey. And then like V who's a demonologist and all these other people. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. um, I didn't know there was a Christian TikTok, basically. <laughs> and yep. from there, I just started sending messages out to people, and we just started getting guests. And, like, ever since then, like, God's just been providing who who we have on next, who reaches somebody we couldn't. But our biggest thing has become, what's your story? Because your story yep. matters. Yeah. And, like, that was kind of always my, my go-to with the youth that was in my house. I'd be like, Hey, do you not realize that after this is said and done, because we work in a treatment center that I'm like your story after you overcome all this depression, anxiety, and whatever it is that you will have a story <laughs> and your story will matter to somebody else because you're yep. telling it. And then when you add Jesus in it, cause a lot of, a lot of girls in our house started going to church and, getting saved and stuff like that. And like, um, like even a youth that we still know is like, Hey, like I appreciate you guys making it available where we can watch online church since COVID happened. (laughs) And so, but like, I'm always telling them even like what, because I'm not in the house anymore. George still is, but I have a lot of youth and I just like put a little bit of God in there without them knowing I'm putting God in there like, Hey, your story matters. Cause it can change somebody else's life. And you never know where yeah. that story can lead you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, um, is there still, it seems like with, uh, I know there's so much depression and suicide that goes on in the military and, and there's more awareness about it now, but how is that with, like it just seems like there's a stigma on it and of dealing with depression. And I don't, I like, I would assume like for men, it is our, you know, it's already, there's already a sting stigma on it. You know, we're not supposed to be depressed and right. You know, and then, you know, we're supposed to be tougher than that. And, um, how has that been with you telling your story? Like they, they contact you and say, Hey, we have a unit that's struggling, you know, I I think that's awesome that they're, they're reaching out to you to, you know, they know that something there's, there's something that can change whether they're believers or not. They're reaching out to you because they know that your story matters and can change that. But how is that? How do you see the stigma of dealing with depression and PTSD in the military now? How's that? Uh, it, it's definitely something that, um, you know, a, a lot of soldiers, Marines um, tend to try to shy away from it and not open up about because, you know, there is still that that, that machismo about it all. You know, yeah. um, I should handle this. Um, I'm the one that's supposed to be strong in my family. Um, if I break, you know, then my family breaks. I got to be strong for, for them. Um, so I can't show any weakness, um, all this pride and everything. 
And so there is a lot of that. And it's definitely something that, that I struggled with for the, for a long time, you know, and one of my turning points that I, that I always love to share is where, you know, I always thought that I was the crazy one in my unit. Like how come everybody else seems to be okay, yeah. but I'm the one waking up screaming from nightmares. I'm the one going down this dark path. I'm the one that wants to kill myself and everyone else seems to be doing just fine. Um, you know, and then there was after a few years, um, after I got out, the guys that I was in Iraq with started a Facebook group and it was a closed group where we could all kind of come back together again and, and reunite. And again, I'm like, man, everyone seems to be doing fine. Why am I so messed up? And finally, I just, I, I, I was like, I need to open up about this. And I shared some things with, with the guys and so many of them opened up after that. You know what? I remember that too. I dream about that too. I still think about that too. I'm struggling with that too. And I was like, what? No way. And all of a sudden everyone started opening up and we're like, okay, we're in this together. Like we are in this battle now together, just like we were in Iraq. We're in a battle now together. We need to be there for one another. We need to you know, hold each other up. We need to call each other when, when we need something. And, and we started coming together more because I opened up about what I was feeling weak with yeah. and, and, and stronger, you know? And so I always love sharing that. And then the other thing that I always love to put out there is, you know, when it comes to, and, and this is, you know, um, again, TikTok crazy, like that anything yeah. would ever happen on TikTok yeah. with, you know, um, but my, my first video that went like super viral on TikTok was this speech that, um, this part of the speech that I gave about calling for support, right? And what I always try to do is line it up with, you know, when we never want to make that call. Like we never want to just, you know, it, it was always that pride factor of if I'm hurting, if I'm suicidal, I'm, I'm depressed. I don't want to call anybody because I don't want to let them know that I'm weak. And I always line it up with, you know, and God like lined this up for me years ago and showed me. He said, when you were in Iraq and you were on the battlefield and, the, you know, specifically he brought up April 8th in 2003. It was the Battle of Baghdad. Everything was going chaotic that day. And our unit got ambushed. And we started taking casualties and we're getting overwhelmed by the enemy and it's not looking good. And our platoon commander goes to his training, of course. He gets on his radio and he calls for support. He called mortars. He called artillery. He called for a quick reaction force nearby. You know, And, and, and all of these units are, are busy because things are going on. They're under fire themselves. Um, eventually calls for air support. Air support says, we're on our way. Hold your position. And that was the order that was given across the radios was air support's on its way. Hold your position. And it's like, okay. And, and that makes sense to us as warriors, as, as, as grunts, that makes sense. The enemy's overwhelming us, call for help. And then when help, it says it's on its way, hold your position till it gets there. Right. And that lines up and makes perfect sense. And so it's like, okay, let me line that up to life now. There was a time in 2007 when I was sitting in a closet with a gun to my head and I was ready to pull the trigger. And that was a moment where I was overwhelmed by the enemy, where I was, I, I was done. And that, it, that was the moment that lined up with, okay, call for help. You know, call for support. Get on that phone and call for help, just like you would have done on a physical battlefield out here in this life, when that enemy of your mind, when, when that, that adversary comes against you, that depression and PTSD and guilt and shame and all these things are coming at you and you're overwhelmed to the point to where you want to put a bullet in your head, get on the horn and call for support. 
call somebody. And if that first person doesn't answer, call the next one, call the next one, call the next one until you find somebody that says, hold your position, man, I'm on my way. Yeah, and we have yeah. to have that importance I was talking about of having those friends in our life. We have to have those friends that we can call on that. I know if I call so-and-so, he's going to say, hold your position, man, I'm on my way. And he's going to come through. And, and, and so it's lining those things up for, for these soldiers and Marines that I talked to, to let them know that it, there's no weakness in this. Like, this is your training. Yeah. You were told when the enemy overwhelms, you call for support. It's no different when you're home and depression's getting you and PTSD and anxiety and, and your finances and your, and your marriage and your kids and on life's coming, falling apart. Get on the phone and call somebody for help before you ever put that bullet in your head because there's some, going to be somebody who's going to come through, you know, and, and it's just being able to, to set that pride aside and say, uh, it's okay to call for help. It's okay to say, I'm struggling today. Yeah. It's okay to say those things. Like, and, and so that's how, that's how I try to approach it. I try to show them that not only is it okay, but it's what you're trained to do. So if you're going to do it on a physical battlefield, then it makes sense to do it out here in a spiritual battlefield. Amen. Know? Absolutely. Yep. And that was, that's good. I love that. Cause we do need to call for support, you know, and those of us, like I was, I was actually not even going through a real hard time, but like I was reading, uh, I was reading the draw the circle, uh 40 day devotional by Mark Batterson. And he was like, who are those people in your life? that you can call out to for prayer. You know, you've got something going on in your life, whether that be something really good and you need prayer for it to, to work through or something that is not so good. You know, who are those people, you know, that you can call on? And I was like, man, I, you know, and I, and I did in that moment, I just, I, I texted out to, to one of my buddies that I know he's been, he was definitely instrumental in in me coming to the Lord and and has always prayed for me and I've prayed for his family and I was just like, Hey man, be praying for me. I you know, we've got this podcast going. I think things good things are gonna be happening with it. We're picking up more and more traction and and uh we're reaching people and just be be praying for that. And he was like, Yeah, absolutely, no problem, you know, and I just I love that that I, I know that I have I have people in my corner that I can reach out to and we need to have those, you know, yep. it's okay as men to be vulnerable and, you know, we need those errands and hers in our lives that are going to lift up our arms when we're weary from the battle and, and then we're going to be able to do it for others as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's crucial that those people in our life, you know, and just, lining it back up with the military. You know, we never would have stepped out on, on a patrol in combat if we didn't know who we could call on for help, you know? And, and so like when I give that example to a, a lot of times, I'll get a lot of comments, you know, especially on TikTok when I share that video, um, people are like, I don't have any of my anybody in my life who would answer that call. I don't have friends who would answer that call. And my response to them every time, find new friends and find new friends, yeah. you know? If you don't have people in your life that you can call on like that, then you need to look for new people in your life, you know, and, and, and be, and be aggressive about that. Find those people, you know, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, like veterans, I'll always say, you know, the first thing, 
if you're not connected to a local church, get connected to a local church. And yeah. from there, you know, find a veterans organization, find somewhere to, to volunteer, find those people. Like, don't ever be okay with not having those people in your life. It's absolutely crucial to have them. Yes, oh, it yeah. is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a buddy of mine, he, I, I think he was in the Air Force. I know his, his kids are. And he serves at the CSL. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what he does because he knows it's vital in in uh, those people's yeah. lives to have someone that's been there, done that, and and be there for them. Yeah, you know, as you were talking about, you know, being able to call your friends to pray for you for the podcast, and you know, it just um, you know remind me uh, at the end of you know Ephesians six, you know, um, was around eighteen or nineteen after the armor of God, and Paul's writing. You know, one of the last things that he writes in there was pray for me, you mm-hmm. know, and. and Pray for me, you know. He's like, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, and that that's so powerful. That even the Apostle Paul, in all his greatness, you know, puts down there, pray for me. I need prayer, you know, and and, and that 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 kind of transparency, that kind of openness, even from him, is just, it's like, you know what? It, it's seeing examples like that of other men, um, you know, who 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 show that it's okay to to say, hey, I need prayer too. Pray, pray for me, lift me up, and. and that that's what helps make it okay. And so when men like, like us are able to talk about it, when other warriors out there are, are able to say, um, you know, I've, I've been through this and that, and and and, and you know, I, I can be seen, you know, somebody can be seen as a, as a strong physical warrior in their life. They've been through some things, but you know what? Also, um, this is I, I, I'm vulnerable. Also, you know, I also need prayer. I also need help. Like I reach out to people when I need help too. And being able to show that just lets them know, okay, it's it's okay. If he can do it, I can do it. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And I I I mean, like I, I there's so many examples and like I I feel like I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about like, man, like some some people use that excuse all the time of, Oh, I just don't have people in my life. And I'm like, also what are you doing in church? Like that's right. usually my my thought. Are you helping? Are you maybe staying a little bit after and having conversations with people, filling out right. people, seeing like, oh well, me and this guy could be great friends and stuff like that, and and yep. figuring it out instead of just. Uh, I went to church. I have my arms folded, and I as soon as they started doing the last song, I walked out the back and left. Nobody right. talked to me. No, no, nobody cares. <laughs> You're like, you didn't make any effort. And so, right. yeah, I think this is probably a, an awesome spot to, to stop the podcast and end the podcast. And I don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts all the way through, but you should. In, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at the end of the, every podcast, we have our guests pray us out of the podcast. Outstanding. And so if you wouldn't mind. Yep, absolutely. Father God, thank you for this time and that I lift up this podcast to you in the name of Jesus, that it will go out and impact just countless amounts of people that need to hear this, Father. Let this word get out to those who need it. Let it land on good ground to produce great fruit in their life. So I thank you, Father, that this podcast exists. I speak over that it is blessed, it is favored, that it it has an incredible reach all across this nation and across this world, Father. Yes. And I pray that everyone who needs to hear this podcast is tuned in and, and hears it and listens to it multiple times if they need to. That way they can hear this and get this word in them, Father, and just 
listen to other men who are talking about you. So thank you, Jesus, that you have worked in our life, that you have shown yourself real and true in our life, that you have just done incredible things that to transform us from the inside out, to bless us, to bless our families, and to bless all that we put our hands to, Father, because it's done for your glory, and we operate under your will, Father. So we thank you. We thank you that, that you have taken men who have been on a physical battlefield and put them into the spiritual warfare to, to keep fighting. You've made us to be fighters, Father. So just because the fight changes doesn't mean we're any less than a fighter. We continue to fight the good fight. We continue to be the man that you have called us to be. We continue to be husbands and brothers and fathers and sons in the way that you have called us to be. And we thank you for working in our life. So thank you, Father, for this podcast, for the time that we spent together. I call this time blessed and favored. And I thank you, Father, that we were able to, to have this opportunity to speak with one another, to fellowship, to, to impart into one another, to minister into one another. You've called all of us to be ministers of the gospel. So I thank you that we were able to speak your word today, that we're able to lift one another up. And Father, I just thank you that everyone who hears the words that was spoken today are impacted, that their lives are lifted up, that they turn to you, that a fire is set inside of them to pursue you in every way that they, in every way that they can, that they pursue you as a vital need in their life. So we thank you, Father, again. We give you all praise. We give you all glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.